Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number three, A New Psychology. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Changeable. I really hope you're enjoying this new podcast. Changeable is about a brand new paradigm, not only for ending habits, anxiety, and other kinds of change that you might want to make in your life. It's about all of that, but it's about much more than that too. It's really a new paradigm for understanding how humans work in a much bigger sense. So it's about seeing what it means to be human because when we really accurately, clearly see what it means to be human, how we work, what's going on behind the scenes, what the most basic elements are, the principles that are underlying our experience, we can't help but have a better experience. Everything is going to be leveraged the more we see and understand clearly and accurately what's going on, like what makes us tick. So I want to talk a little bit more about this new paradigm in this episode. There are a lot of ways that we understand human beings and that we have tried to understand human beings over time. So for one, we all are human beings, I assume. So we have our own experience. So that's pretty big. You know, we have our personal experience of this being human thing that obviously gives us information. I'm not saying it's unbiased information, but it gives us information. We have a firsthand account of how it feels anyway to be a human. So there's that. We have um, and have had throughout history things like literature and poetry and stories and biographies and all sorts of art that helps us understand human beings and how we work. We have religion and faith and beliefs that, that contribute to our understanding of how humans work. In terms of science and something that's supposedly more objective or less biased, let's say, we have psychology, right? So psychology is the science that's devoted to human life and how our experience works. So if you look at psychology, at least for me, when I look at psychology, human beings look really, really complicated. (laughs) There's so much complexity going on in there. So just the science of psychology within that single science, there are hundreds and hundreds of theories. Many of those compete with other theories. So it's not like you have hundreds and hundreds of complementary theories. No, some are complementary, of course. A lot of them build on others, and that's nice. But some of them completely compete with others. So there are psychologists who focus on thoughts and cognition and our mental world, the cognitive theories. And... Then there are completely different psychologists, not necessarily competing, but just people who focus in a completely different area on feeling and affect. Um, There are the behaviorists, which maybe aren't so much anymore, but psychologists who study only behavior or who believe that behavior is really where it's at, like that's the place to look. 
Um, so you have your cognitive thought people, your affect feeling emotion people, your behavior people. Um, there are researchers that look specifically at different situations. So not even what's happening within the human, but what's happening within the human in this setting or in this situation. Entire theories, not just researchers. So not just, you know, Dr. So-and-so in his lab here versus Dr. So-and-so in his lab down the hall. But there are entire theories around what happens within the human in these different situations. So theories around how people react in social situations or how we are in relationships or how we are at work or in other circumstances. Then, of course, you can drill down even deeper when they start to go within those things and even cross some of those things against each other. So there are researchers out there who devote their entire life's work to studying, um, I don't know, a specific type of phobia, for example. So the thoughts and feelings related to one certain circumstance or object, people study just that. There are a lot of researchers who study a specific emotion, like there are fear experts and love experts who study just that one emotion. When I was in graduate school, I studied something called social cognition, which is basically how we think about social stuff. So how we process and store information cognitively about other people in social situations. So it was the thought-related brain processing, storage retrieval kind of stuff um, when it came to having impressions, forming impressions of other people, not how you store and retrieve and process information about your lunch or your work, but specifically about other people. So that's pretty drilled down. <laughs> and I spent five years doing that. And even within social cognition, so within my little group, there were people that drilled down in all kinds of different areas. So it's so interesting. I mean, you look at this and there's so much complexity, you know, there's so many specific little things. You look at that and you walk away thinking, wow, psychology is really complicated. Humans must be really complicated. People are really complicated, really complex. There's so much going on. It's just ginormous. And I think our experience, our personal experience, everybody just normal everyday experience in life bears this out as well. So people who we know in our own lives and maybe people who we love and we think we understand and we've known for years, they say and do things that completely shock us. <laughs> they do things that complete, we can't even fathom what they're doing. And we're left wanting answers. We're in our heads thinking, this doesn't compute. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she said that. And people can just start to look so complicated and mysterious, you know, like there are so many factors going on. So it's so interesting to look at this. In some ways, human beings are incredibly complex. When you're looking at the physical world, so all the permutations of how our experience might show up, when you're crossing specific thoughts and feelings and behaviors with different scenarios it's huge. And the fact that anything can happen or show up in our experience, it's big, it's complex. Any person can have any thought or any feeling or do any behavior in any moment. If our job is to analyze that or to try to understand why people say what they say or feel what they feel or do what they do, it's a huge, huge job. But that's the observable part. 
So again, that's what we see in the physical world. It's kind of like the tip of the iceberg. You know, when we see people walking around the world thinking and feeling and doing things and we can't exactly see their thoughts or feelings, but we see their behaviors, which are kind of part of that. We're really kind of just looking at that observable little tip of the iceberg. So I just want to make that distinction. It's when we're looking in the physical world at what we observe of human beings, there's a ton of complexity in that. But a level deeper, when we're looking beneath what's showing up, beneath the specifics, beneath what Susie did last Tuesday, what's behind all of that? You know, what's just a level deeper? What's driving it? What What's creating our experience? What makes it possible for us to even have experience? Or what ultimately creates our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors? And like, what are they made of? When we look at that level, it's super, super simple. Extremely simple. Kind of too simple for our complex intellects to even grasp at times. What we experience is complex and it differs in every second of every day for every person on earth, which is a really big number. But how our experience works, what we all have in common, where it comes from, how it comes to life, that's the part that's really, really simple. So again, this distinction between what we experience and how our experience works. We all have the same design. I've talked about it in the first couple episodes already. We'll talk about it much, much more. But we have this human blueprint. I'm just going to kind of share again a little more about how that human blueprint looks to me. But please don't hang on my words or like take this literally or take this as, you know, oh, this is what science says or this is proven or anything. I'm just speaking here kind of in terms of the way it just looks to me in this very moment. I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth until it comes out of my mouth. So please don't get too intellectual about it. You're not going to be quizzed on this. You don't have to retain anything, but just kind of see if, if you can get a feel for how this human blueprint might work. So essentially we're all well, well as in healthy, clear, Beneath our experience, so beneath the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, beneath the psychology, beneath all that complexity, just a little level beneath it, we're all one. We're all the same. So if you put 100 people in a room and you get their minds really busy, they're all going to appear so different. They're all thinking and feeling totally different things. They're all wanting to do totally different things. You're going to have 100 really, really different appearing individuals because they're all revved up. To think about our snow globe um, metaphor that I shared in episode two, their snow globes are shaken up. So there's a lot going on and there's a lot of complexity in what gets shaken up. Now, if you put 100 people in a room and they were all super relaxed. Their minds were quiet. There's still stuff going on. They're alive, you know? So there's still thought. There's still, whatever thinking and feeling is there is different from the people next to them, but there's just a whole lot less of it. And they're all kind of tapped into a quieter place beneath that experience. You'd have a hundred people who are very, very, very similar to each other. So that pre-experience level is where we're looking. 
I'm talking about beneath our psychology, before our psychology, before that part of our experience that comes out to the world that we feel that's manifest in the physical world. Before that, at that level, we're all the same. And at that level, again, we're all well. So we have what we need. Those 100 people whose minds are pretty relaxed, they aren't thinking, I need this and what time is it and when is this going to be over? I mean, they aren't thinking a whole lot and that's kind of the point. But in that place, we get back to us. We get back to our nature and it's fairly nice there most of the time. It's pretty relaxed and we're habit-free there because our habits and our issues and our problems, they come up in our experience They're at the surface experience level only. They aren't who we are. They just come up in the experience piece of it. So again, you'll see that this this is true when you notice what happens when your mind settles down. You feel better. When your mind gets quiet, when you're drifting off to sleep, when you're coming out of, off of a nice workout session or you're just sitting quietly, whatever that is, you know, when that's you, your habits aren't really anywhere to be found. Your anxiety and your depression and all the differences and all the problems, they aren't there. You feel better and you feel like yourself. I've worked with thousands of people, talked with thousands of people with all kinds of habits and addictions and every single one of them has moments of peace. And those moments of peace don't come from thinking the right thing or doing the right thing. So it's not that the heroin addict, you know, thinks, oh, someday I'll probably be free of this and she feels peaceful. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the thinking settles down, there's like the sun that breaks through the clouds. That's the kind of peace that's within us. And Everybody has those moments. Now, you might not have them as much as you used to, or you might go through periods of time when they feel really few and far between, but they're there. They're there for everyone because that's us. That's that's part of the human, that is the human blueprint. I mean, that's the design. It's what's in there beneath all of that psychology, all of the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So again, at that place, we're all well. We're very, very, very similar. We're free of habits. We're full of clarity, full of common sense. We're connected. We feel connection with each other. We aren't thinking in terms of differences and you and me and separation and and Democrat and Republican and all of that. All of that is made of thought. We're just kind of feeling that bigger connection that's there for all people. So in this podcast, when I talk about who we really are or our true self, that's what I'm talking about, that pre-experience, pre-psychology place. Now, on top of that, in addition to that, at the same time as that, we have very, very busy and vivid kind of psychological lives, right? So that peace and relaxation and clarity and habit freeness is in us all the time. And as we've seen, and as we've talked about, we're always thinking, feeling, and doing stuff. So we have a lot going on in our psychology. At any moment, anything can show up and bring any experience with it, which is really awesome. I mean, it's such a cool thing. It's amazing that we can live with all these people on earth and all of us, all almost 8 billion of us be constantly experiencing different things. And even within just one of us, so within you, within me, there's a huge range of stuff that we get to feel and experience. That's pretty amazing. And it's always happening. And none of what we're experiencing 
affects who we really are. We always have everything we need when our mind settles down. And in our mind is just this thought coming up, being brought to life, becoming our reality in each and every moment. So this thought energy is brought to life when we get these amazing vivid experiences that look like they're about us. They look like they're about what we're looking at out in the world. Someone smiles at you and you feel a nice, happy feeling. And it looks like, oh, that person did that to me. Or you get a promotion or a demotion and you feel some emotion and you think, oh, yeah, that's because of what happened at work today. So this is what every single person who's ever walked the face of the earth has in common. We all work in the exact same way in that regard. We have that same blueprint. And that's the part that's really, really, really simple. Now, again, don't think about this too much. Just see if you can get a feel for it. You're well, you have what you need. And then this steady stream of experience is brought to life within you, becoming your reality in that moment. And then it shifts and it changes and you get something else. And then that becomes your reality in that very moment. So you'll notice that I use a lot of metaphors and many of my colleagues who share this understanding do because they're just a really awesome way to kind of see more about this, um, especially without making it too intellectual and literal and getting in our heads too much. So my favorite kind of metaphor for this distinction between what we're experiencing, the details, the manifested what of it versus the how, the source of it, which again, the manifested what That's the super complex part. That's what we see out in the world. She said this, he did this. I can't believe I ate that yesterday. You know, it's all of that kind of stuff. And what's super, super simple, incredibly simple is the how. And it's the exact same how for all of us. So a metaphor to kind of bring this to life is of light and shadow. So light pours through a window and creates shadows on a wall, let's say. The shadows, the form that those shadows can take is endless. You know, there are so many, there's an infinite number of of different shapes and nuances and looks like the manifested temporary form a shadow takes. It could be anything, you know, and really as many people as there are looking at the shadow, that's how many different forms it takes because people will call it different things all the time. It's like, like what my kids do when they're um, looking at the clouds. Oh, I see a cat. Oh, I see a, you know, a dragon. So they're seeing different things. It's, it's like that with shadows, obviously. So that's the what, you know, that's the manifestation of it. And it's temporary. It's always changing because as soon as that light source shifts or moves, that shadow's going to change. That's like the psychology. That's observable. It's in flux. So our, our psychology, our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are constantly in flux. They're very subjective. They're, they're just open to interpretation and kind of just what's there changing on its own all the time. Now, the light that creates that shadow is the how. So the light is the source. That does not change. Light is light. Now, now it shifts and it moves and the shadows change, but the light is the light. So the shadows are constantly changing, but the how, in terms of how a shadow is cast, is super simple and never changes no matter what the shadow looks like. And this is where the new paradigm looks 
relative to the old paradigm. So the OP, the old paradigm, looks at, hey, what kind of shadows do you have on your wall? Do you have scary monster shadows or do you have cute, fluffy rabbit shadows? And then says, okay, well, you have scary monsters and you don't want that. What can we do? How can we see your shadows differently? Maybe if you look at it this way, close one eye and squint and jump on one foot, maybe your scary monster shadow will start to look like a cute, fluffy bunny shadow. That's what the old paradigm does. The new paradigm says, okay, you have a monster, you have a bunny. So what? They're all shadows. Let's look toward what's creating this. Let's see more about that. And when we look toward the source, the light, and we see, oh, this light is here and it never, ever changes. Now, what it creates changes all the time, but okay, that's all right. The source, the essence of it is incredibly simple and never changing. Do you really need to go in and try to fix your shadows? (laughs) They're shadows. They're going to change and they can't hurt you anyway. So I love this metaphor. I mean, this is really kind of this distinction between the old paradigm and how we've innocently, innocently been going about things and this new paradigm. And I just want to mention, you know, this isn't a conversation about a right or a wrong. It's an evolution. So I'm not saying the old paradigm is wrong. I mean, maybe I kind of am. <laughs> maybe I'm kind of saying that, you know, there's a there's a better, more helpful place to look. I am saying that. But, you know, that's what we saw. That's just like, we don't get it right out of the bat. There's an evolution in terms of our understanding. So honestly, this is never a right or wrong kind of conversation. Like that's the wrong way and this is the right way. It's just, it's just really amazing that those of us listening today are at the cusp of this huge paradigm shift. So it isn't a right or wrong conversation. It's it's just an evolution. But I hope that makes sense with the shadow, you know, that you can see, oh my gosh, we're so caught up in changing the temporary form. But as you know from episode two, your mind fixes itself. Those shadows are always changing and they're shadows anyway. They aren't something we need to go in and do anything about. In my experience as a professional in traditional psychology, and especially as a client in traditional psychology, as I was for a while, it just stayed a little too complex. It didn't touch this simplicity. So the conversation was often around coping and making change happen. It was like, okay, you're going to experience what you experience. You're going to have those overwhelming urges to binge eat, or you're going to feel waves of panic here's how you can try to make it better or here's how you can ride it out or like, yeah, this is a problem. (laughs) This is an issue. It's going to be around, be around, but we're going to try to make it a little bit better for you, you know? And again, that's, that's just where it was. It's better than nothing. I suppose it was better than nothing for me for a short time, but it starts to fall short really quickly. And I think each of us has a deeper sense that more is possible. You know, we've been free before, 
maybe not since you were a little kid, but at some point in your life and some moments of your life all the time, right now, I know it, you feel mentally and emotionally free, even just for a little fleeting moment. And again, as children, we lived there. We lived there. So it doesn't mean we don't feel stuff. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect or that anything's different in our life. It just means that we feel stuff and it moves through us. It doesn't own us. We have experiences, but they don't have us. We all know what that feels like, even if it's, again, just super fleeting little moments. And I think we deeply know on some level that that's possible today, or we wouldn't be doing so much to try to get back there. The old paradigm, the old ways, they just don't have a great track record when it comes to that. But that's because we have to accurately understand something in order to change it. And now we understand things much more simply and deeply. And it's really, really good news what we're discovering. It's great news for all of us. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. You can subscribe to the podcast or leave a review so others who need change can find their way here. If you want more on how change really happens, head over to dramyjohnson.com and grab the free PDF, Three Simple Ways to Break Free from Habits, Anxiety, and Addiction, even when you've already tried everything else.